Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Youssef Shaheen podcast. Is it number 12, Richard? I think this is number 12, and which would have been, you know, this would have been the season finale if we'd stuck to our <laughs> original plan and just done the 12 films on Netflix. But we're only about halfway through the films on Netflix because we just found so much else to talk about. Yeah, but, so there'll be so. many, many more to come. So thank you for joining us. Today we're going to be talking an Egyptian story, which is um, from 1982, and it's the sequel to Alexandria Y, which I I really love. I think I, I I loved it too, and I'm gonna, but I'm also gonna question whether it's a sequel as we go through the podcast. But they, um... ah, okay, well that 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 will be interesting. Uh, it's certainly uh, 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 seen as part of a trilogy mm. with Alexandria now and forever. Um, and my own feelings about uh, Shaheen's films is that, you know, I almost, every time I see a new one, almost, it's, it's the newest one becomes my favorite. And I definitely felt that with this, even though, you know, I thought Alexandria Y was completely great. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, I mean, what would your, what's your thinking on this film? I, I loved it. Yeah. And I, it's just so interesting. The, uh, his take on his career in this film is 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 really interesting um and he you know i think he makes some of the same points in his film about the perception of him in the west as we've been making during yes. this series of podcasts which is very interesting uh the other thing i found really interesting which we'll come to as we talk about it is because there, there are certain of his films that are covered in depth the making of covered in depth and one is cairo station but the yes. others that are covered are not the ones that are included in the Netflix season. And you, you, in my my interpretation of that is that the films he covers in depth in the, in this this film are the ones that he personally viewed perhaps as the most significant. Uh, so yes. that that's which is interesting. Yes, and 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 let's just say that the films that are dealt with here, in absolutely fascinating ways. Uh, are uh, Cairo Station, uh, Jamila, uh, Un Jour Le Nil, I forget what the English name for it is, mm. uh, and uh, uh, The Sparrow. Yeah, yeah. and uh, also Son of the Nile, which was his first film, is also coming. That's what I meant yeah. by oh, Un Jour okay, Le Nil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, Sorry. Um, and we get a bit of Saladin as well. So that, that was, ah, yes, and we get a moment of Saladin, yeah? yeah? So, you know, these are, in his mind, the key markers of his career, uh, which which I think is an interesting thing in itself. Mm. Um, the film has a fascinating structure, right? So it begins uh, with um, Shaheen himself, uh, who um, is uh, 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 called Yaya in, 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 in the film. I, they're not using his real name. Um, but it begins with him in on a set complaining of heart pains and then he goes to London is having open heart surgery and in the middle of open heart surgery 
he finds himself in his dreams or in his mind or in his unconscious kind of uh, being tried in a court uh, over his actions and his past and he so he's on trial uh, and and one of the people who puts him on trial is his younger self mm. <laughs> well no isn't it the, isn't the it's actually the younger self that's on trial it's the defendant is the boy so the i think the idea is that the blockage in his heart or in his arteries is his younger self and yes. so it's actually the boy who's who's on trial rather than the older shaheen i think and yes well it definitely ends that way but yeah. i thought it had started with shaheen himself being on trial yeah you know. and as pointed out and, and we have to quote andrew moore on this because he who joined us last time and is of course the author of a very well regarded book all about paul pressburger he also watched that this film this week and said well yeah this, this blatantly is a matter of life and death and it, it, it it's it totally is a matter of life and death it, it's is that. it though? I mean, I you know, I mean, sometimes talking to you guys, I think that you, you there's such a British bias, you know, because to me the obvious uh, comparison is Bob Fosse's All That Jazz, there's that you know, as well. which has been that as well, yeah, which had been released just a few years earlier, yeah. Uh, so, uh, uh, um, you know, and it's almost the same thing. He's got open heart surgery, and he's kind of you know going through all the important people and events of his life. Mm. Uh, so. And uh, uh, as we know, Shaheen was a great lover of musicals. Yeah, so it's definitely a film that he would have seen, and it was released at what four years before or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. I mean, um, I think he would have seen both. He was, I, I, I'm sure he the, both of those songs are in his mind. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I'm not I'm not complaining at the mention of <laughs> uh, a matter of life and death. Though I do think actually that all that jazz is the most obvious kind of influence. Yeah, and as, yeah. as Shaheen says at one point in the film, the young, the, the teenage Shaheen says in the film, "Damn the Brits and cinema." <laughs> 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 this is my favourite quote from the film, which clearly indicates that he'd seen British cinema. Mm. But really, throughout the film, we know that his love is really Hollywood musicals. Mm. You know, mm. uh, so. Uh, kind of, I think, an important um, thing to keep in mind. What did you take out of the film? What uh... I, I, I thought it was absolutely fascinating. I, I thought the my so I I guess the, around the, so basically around this trial structure, we get um, reminiscences of his of his past life, and so some of those are featuring the. Uh, I guess early twenties version of of Shaheen played by the same actor from the first film, and actually the mm -hmm. family are all played by the same actors from that film, and we we see his early life that way. Then we see the the kind of developing career of the of, of the kind of adult Shaheen played by the, so played by the same actor from age about thirty to fifty. I guess he's mm -hmm. supposed to be joining the film. And that's that to me, though, those were actually the most fascinating sequences because it was sort of him looking back on his career and, and, and also looking back at the way he was treated, um, at, you know, at the Cannes Film Festival, the way he was treated by critics, uh, the, the way that his films were received internationally and his, the way his films were received by the authorities in Egypt um, mm. was just absolutely fascinating and, and kind of echoes. It's almost like he's been listening to our podcast. And, and just, <laughs> uh, it's, and it's just a measure of how right we've been. Uh, well, I mean, what got me was this, they, 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 he, they, he, the, his first film, uh, Son of the Nile, is premiered at Cannes. 
and he's really nervous, really excited. He watches the premiere and, and uh, he wonders whether people like it. And then they're searching the papers for, you know, for, for reviews. And there are no reviews. Yeah. And eventually all they yeah. find is this one line that just says, it's a film about an Egyptian peasant or something like that. And that's exactly like those crappy Wikipedia summaries of the films yeah. that we keep. So yeah, so the, yeah, the premiere of Son of the Nile. Then, then you, you kind of go forward a little bit and we see the filming of Cairo Station, which is... Yes, and he brilliant. Talks about the re yeah, brilliant sequence. Where it, and it cuts between, you know, the actor playing Shaheen, playing the character in Cairo Station being filmed, and then it cuts to actual footage from Cairo Station with Shaheen playing character mm. um and then, then there's this whole really interesting thing it's which is a story i had heard where it was it was being shown at the berlin film festival i think yeah and shaheen was nominated for uh, best actor and they wanted to give him best actor but some of the jurors didn't th th because they didn't know who this guy was who is who is yusuf shaheen they thought he was a real disabled newspaper seller that they just yes. dropped in off the street and uh, so well we're not going to give this guy uh an award for playing himself and like this is scene where Shaheen finds this out and he says I should have got I should have been there in a tuxedo and I'm here in, in Cairo and it's ruined it's ruined my life you know mm. um and again, I mean it comes across like he's being very bitter but he's not but it's kind of there's a humor to this whole thing as well I think well there's um, a kind of bitterness as well because I think one of the things that you get throughout this film uh is is really the relative poverty mm. of you know, Egyptian filmmakers and a kind of a dichotomy because the film makes no bones about him being absolutely privileged within the context of Egyptian culture. Right? Yeah. Uh, I, he went to, you know, the equivalent of Eton, uh, you know, his father's a solicitor. He's not a beggar. Uh, you know, he's invited to embassy parties, et cetera, et cetera. But actually, when they go in the West, yeah, they're very they're so poor, they can't afford you know, car rentals or hotels or yeah. That's yeah, kind and of, they've only got, so, at Cannes, they've only got like accreditation for three days. And so they try and get into a film and they're, they're not allowed into the film because they haven't got accreditation. He then yes. can't afford the, you know, it would have been like 60 pounds or $60 or whatever for them to get to Berlin, Berlin. for the, or stay, just stay in Berlin a day longer, whatever. Uh, and that they couldn't afford that. And, and it's all the, all these things, these sort of tiny things, uh, tiny sums of money to the West, which, which, which yes. started his career. Which is something that I see, for example, in my Cuban friends, you know, so I, mm. again, people who are quite privileged within Cuba, all of a sudden, you know, they're invited to go to Madrid or something, and they're really mm. reliant on the kindness of their friends, you know, or their institution to do things like buy them meals or get them a bus ticket or whatever, because actually, yeah. Yeah. you know, they, yeah, they, they just have no money that's in any way comparable. Uh, mm. to the West. So basic necessities become kind of out of reach. So you get a little feel of that again, kind of within uh, within the film that I thought, you know, was really interesting. Um, for me, kind of one of the things that I began to remark is that like all great filmmakers who do personal films, you see a, a, a repertory of actors that we now recognize that obviously I had until now. Yeah, but you, you have actors from the land, you know, and Alexandria Y and, you know, uh, uh, all of these actors, uh, all of these faces mm. from all of his previous films, people this one. So actually, you b do begin to get a sense of a Shaheen universe, yeah, or a Shaheen cinematic kind of landscape that's peopled by these now recognizable faces. Yeah, yeah. I loved many things about it. I loved the way... Um, 
that it opens, right? Because, you know, I think a few podcasts back, we had this discussion about whether his editor was a woman or, yeah, because mm. we obviously can't recognize Egyptian names. And, of course, in this film, next to the credits, he shows you the people, right? So, he sh you know, he shows you the production office and his, mm. his, his cameraman and his best man and, you know, all the cast and crew and the behind-the-scenes people. And there's a scene yeah, where, you yeah. know, he's in the editing room and you see it's a woman in the editing room, right? Mm. <laughs> Not unusual. Yeah. It often is women. And he also rooms. he also shows himself in that sequence as well because he's that's right he, because Shaheen is not played by Shaheen but there's a point although he is in the third film um, but the, in the credits in the same way as in the, in Alexandria Why you get the, the young Yahali's face appears and it says director Yusuf Shaheen he does the same here but it's it, it, it's the actual Shaheen uh, his face appears I think I think he's playing I think he turns up to hand something to the character playing himself. And then yes. you just get the actual Shaheen's face and it says director Yusuf Shaheen in the very kind yes. of, this is me kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love how you, you see recurring elements yeah, in the film. So, uh, you know, politics is an ongoing concern and actually he um, shows you why. Yeah. I mean, I think mm. this is the second film we see in which Nasser's resignation is uh, shown to you as documentary footage, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, we be so we begin to see kind of interests and themes and tropes that recur. So politics is one of them. Uh, the personal and the historical is another. This is a film in which this very personal autobiographical story is nonetheless interlaced with documentary footage, mm. right? Though in this film, I think very interestingly, not just documentary footage of revolutions and whatever, but glamorous film festivals with Kim Novak and, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, Deborah yeah. Carr and other yeah, stars. And he doesn't disguise, there's no disguising this because basically there'll be a scene where the, he'll just drop in some black and white footage of, of a film festival and then he'll cut to colour where of, of, of the new footage. The other thing that I found was interesting was in, in some sequences, so the bits about the filming of Jamila, um, it cuts between footage of the character, the guy playing Shaheen mm -hmm. filming Jamila, and documentary footage of the Algerian war and yes. footage from Jamila. But the footage from yes. Jamila is presented as real action within the fiction of the film if you see yes. what I mean rather, rather the the other thing and the reason why I was questioning whether this is a sequel or not is that the sequence with um, the young Shaheen they, they he shows the the young Shaheen leaving the bank and it's a different scene to what we saw in the first one but then they go and attack the British and there's an implication that that's actually being filmed that's actually a scene from a film being made by the older Shaheen Ah, featuring yes. the actor playing the younger Shaheen. So it's not clear whether those... Uh, and you only get a few flashes of that. It's very cleverly done. So you're not yes. quite sure whether this is... Is, is, is this... Because I mean, for a start, all of this is happening within Shaheen's head while he's having open heart surgery. So the, the fact that actually what he's remembering might be him filming himself doing stuff is, is uh, just another layer well, of that, I guess. All of those scenes with the young men from Alexandria Y did make me wonder if those weren't actual scenes shot for Alexandria Y that were then incorporated into this film. Because it's not just that the leading actor is the same, it's that all the supporting 
all, all of the cast are the same. But he does. He looks. He does look older. I think. I have to go back and compare. But I, I think he. I think he's a few years older. I, um, but but then interest. But he doesn't appear. That version of Yahai doesn't appear in the trial scene. I think. Yes. So which, that's which is odd. So yes. so you, you may you may be right. I, I, I mean, it's just a suspicion. I'm not sure. I think mm. one of the things that came out for me. Uh, uh, you know, and I, one of the reasons why I love this film is because what you Shaheen has a real critique of the patriarchy in all his films. Actually, he's very fascinating. Mm. I can't think of any other male director, you know, who um, minds this scene uh, so consistently. Uh, and you know, one of the things that was like really interesting about this film you know where um his sister i think talks about how basically she experienced her wedding night no it's the mother who says she experienced her wedding night as a rape yeah mm. there she yeah. was with this old man you know and uh and she didn't love him and she didn't want him and you know and it was like a, a rape that led to you know her secluding herself in the house for 10 years, even though the father is a good man. Yeah, like this. I mean, I think one of the things about Shaheen is that he complicates everything in such a human way, right? Mm. So the father is a good man and a kind man and so on. And nonetheless, you know, much older than her, marries an 18 year old and, f and forces himself on her in the wedding night as if that is his right, which maybe, you know, socially that might have been accepted as his mm. right. But anyway, the, the mother feels raped, yet, she arranges a similar thing to happen to her daughter. Yes. Right? Yeah. And actually, Shaheen's own wife, you know, is frustrated that she can't arrange the same thing for her daughter, for her own mm. daughter. So, you know, there's like a three generation cycle of what, you know, the mother herself, the grandmother herself says is a rape. Right. Mm. And it gets perpetrated by women <laughs> yeah, yeah. across yeah. three generations. And, and it's kind of conveyed both with a horror and a sadness and a frustration and also a kind of understanding. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I thought that was incredible. Yeah, yeah. No, it's an amazing sequence. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. So um, I think there are other themes uh, that, that come out. Uh, one is like a love of show business, which the whole film is imbued mm. by, <laughs> right? And it's got all those scenes at the theater and listening, you know, the concerts and, you know, at the cinema. I mean, yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot of arts uh, um, venues, <laughs> yeah, uh, throughout uh, uh, his work. Uh, there's always kind of questions of um, censorship. In fact, yeah, how his films are censored is mm. like a recurring motif in this film. Um, and we see how the censor is one of his friends, but nonetheless, yeah, yeah, he's a censor. yeah. Um, are there any kind of recurring motifs that you kind of, uh, saw that I might not have touched on yet? I don't, I don't think so. I think, I think you've, you've touched on them. Yeah. It, it was, but yeah, I mean, that whole coverage of the, cause the, I guess the films he was covering were the ones which caused him almost causing the most problem. 
such yeah. a miller and and, and the, yeah the problems with the French and the problems with the Egyptian authorities problems with the Algerian authorities suddenly the sparrow which he says is in the film he says this is the most important film of my life he, he when he's yes. throwing the script at the censor it is a very thick script um, and uh, we then see the film the filming of the final sequence of that the famous it, final scene yeah, with the woman yeah, yeah. intercut with the actual scene from the film so we see the filming that from, from a distance and then that film, that scene's cut in. So. Yeah, and actually, I thought that was super interesting because mm. you remember we had this whole discussion of why does she symbolize Mother Egypt? And, you know, she Mother Egypt, of course, mm. you know, the song tells us that she's Mother Egypt. But actually, there's another Mother Egypt character. So it's not only that we see that scene from the sparrow again, but that there's a similar character, right? The mm. woman at the end who says you know, don't show your face to your neighborhood. Like, we are your people. Like, we've always supported you. Yeah, and then mm, like, you mm. can't be bothered to take our son out of jail. Yeah, uh, so that's a real also kind of... I thought that was marvelous because on the one hand, it's an auto-critique. It's actually Shaheen criticizing himself in a class mm. basis. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. And, and giving the word and the reason and the right... Uh, and the conviction to this working class woman accusing him of only, yeah, kind mm. of, uh, yeah, of, of not caring for the people, you know, who he exploits and who love him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was, I, 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 again, that level of autocritique, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can't see in, yeah. in other films. Yeah, it was fascinating. Well, one thing that's interesting, because this film was, so the, 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 the trilogy was released on home maybe in vhs rather even rather than dvd in the states because that review you linked to on the previous blog was of this of, of the home video release of it and the alexandria why the, the review i saw alexandria why was very well received and the other two films less so and i, th I think I, I think i understand why because alexandria why is quite universal um in terms of this young boy growing up and wanting to be in showbiz you know this second film relies on you understanding that Shaheen is a major international director and it, yes. it, and it also does I don't know how this film would work if you hadn't watched quite a bit of Shaheen's work um, oh uh, well, exactly I mean I, I get I I completely agree with you it probably would not work mm -hmm. and actually this is one of the things you know one of the bees in my bonnet that I have about seeing African cinema or Egyptian cinema or foreign cinema, um, you know, which is like the Time Out review that we mm. cited in the past, it damns the film rather than being more modest about, you know, the film, the film critics lack of points of reference yeah. and understanding of said work. And, and what's interesting is, is that to an extent, that's one of the things this film is about. Is how is is about being in it being, you know, a major figure in Egyptian cinema, but unappreciated abroad, and maybe a few people appreciate. Yeah, he gets invited to festivals, he gets um, but can't necessarily afford to go. He talks to American producers who might give him some money to make some films, and then never phone him back. Uh, he gets very dismissive reviews in the um, in the Western press, and that's exactly what what what, what we found about it. But it, it's it's fascinating that the because even if you watch, if, if you're watching all of these Netflix films in chronological order 
and you come to this one, it spends a lot of the running time covering these two amazing films that aren't on Netflix. Um, you know, the J Jamila wrote three films that aren't on Netflix, one of which even we haven't seen. And we're, we're really obsessive, you know. Um, but it, it's it, in a way that's kind of frustrating. But but it it, it is what it is. But I, I can see why, as I say, I can see why people would find it a difficult film. And it, it yeah. does feel odd that it was that this is that this trilogy. I can see why Alexandria Y would get released quite widely in the states, but releasing this one when people weren't familiar with his other work is a, you, you can see why that didn't lead to a major level yes. of interest. I well, think. it's it's an audience's loss, and I I hope you know. I, well, I think that it's our function, certainly it's our wish through this podcast, you know, uh, to. Um, popularize Shaheen's work and make it more accessible and give people different points into mm. uh, the work, different, you know, ways of entering the work. But that said, I would not uh, recommend that you start with this one, you know, because you'll get a lot more out of it if you're actually already familiar with some of his other films, because actually yeah. then you could see, you could see what brilliant things he is doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, in this film by deploying moments, scenes, context from the other films. Yeah. 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 So for example, I found it very interesting to know that Cairo was sold to the producers as a sex comedy, right? Yes. That it was a sex yeah. film, right? And it was all based on that wonderful shower scene, which yeah. is yeah. incredibly erotic in Cairo station. But of course the film ends up being like a kind of a neorealist tragedy rather than like a sex comedy. Right? Mm. <laughs> yeah. But so, so, but, but having Shaheen himself dramatize the scene in which he sold the film to the producer. I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, no, that, that was very interesting. And then sort of just showing the, yeah, cause you, you know, you assume that the, 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 the scenes he shows with them filming it and rehearsing it, have, have a basis in reality and uh, the, the sort of you know he nearly gets hit by a train at one point and all, 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 of, all of this stuff it's 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 really fascinating uh, what did yeah. you think of the homosexual element which is again something that we have seen and intuited and wondered about in many of his other films so the, he seems to pick up the a taxi driver when he's in this very unconvincing London. Um, that, that actually, that's one of the things I like about this film, because often you, you get a, you know, a British film where Cairo is represented by Batlock in Shepperton, and this clearly he was nowhere near London or Cannes or anywhere in, in, terms, in terms of filming this film. So it's all back projection and, and um, signs saying hotel lobby because it's a British hotel and this kind of thing. And yeah, he picked, he, He's being driven around by this taxi driver, and then, then I think he invites the taxi driver to dinner. You don't really see where that goes. Um, so I think it, was, it felt less prominent in this film than in others. Although think... the first shot you see of the character playing the old Shaheen, right at the start of the film, he's just got his hand on a, on a guy's thigh. Yeah, I might do a, I might do a compilation. <laughs> actually, it was very vividly clear to me in this mm. film. The scene that you mentioned you know, uh, there's like a pickup in the taxi. So, you know, you have this very handsome blonde young man uh, looking at the mirror, yeah, and looking. Yeah, it's like a kind of, it's a cruising. He's cruising mm. him. There's no question about that. And then they end up having dinner together, right? Uh, then there are scenes where he keeps telling his wife that he's not going to be a good lover. 
you know, yeah, that, um, mm. you know, he's got faults in him and so on. And then there's a relay of looks. So when he leaves the house, because he hasn't been able to go to Berlin for, for Jamila, was it? Yeah. No, for Cairo no, Station. Cairo Station, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there is another relay of looks, yeah, for, mm. um, between the two men that then get kind of disavowed. But actually, the camera stays too long. There is an intensity of looking. You know, there's also the relationship with the Algerian, yeah, whom he goes to uh, clean up, yeah, in, yeah, who gets shot yeah, mm. when they're filming Jamila. Yeah. And he ends yeah. up in the hospital. And just the cleaning of him, mm. yeah. Uh, so, you know, the film is, is both contradictory. It's telling you this is a married man with two children and so on. Yeah, and on the other hand, it's opening up all of these queer spaces. Yeah, mm. uh, you know, uh, I won't be a good lover. I have a lack in me. Yeah, uh, the marriage. Uh, yeah, the mother says the marriage is like hasn't been anything for ten years. It's all her fault, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And then these incredibly intense, cruisy type glances between mm. men. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I really see a pattern in that it's kind of expressing visually what cannot actually be said verbally yeah even in a film which talks about freedom of expression and reconciling you and forgiving your younger self and all of mm. that stuff the other thing that i wanted to bring up uh was shakespeare mm. so on the one hand we, you know we have hollywood musicals on the other hand we have shakespeare yeah it's, and, you know, I mean, you're the one who discovered this, but mm. I think we've seen it in almost every film. Yeah. Some reference. He gets, yeah. you, you, bored us with, you, you bored us to death with Hamlet, all that kind of stuff, which, again, mm. is a reference back to what happened in Alexandria Y, I guess. Um, but, but, yeah, there's a, lot, uh, there's a lengthy reading of Shakespeare, and, uh, and again, it's, again it's from Hamlet. It's the ending. It's the very ending. Yeah. Isn't the very ending of the film one of yeah. Hamlet's soliloquies? Yeah, yeah. 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 So again, you know, I thought that was, um, I thought that was incredible, um, you know, to to see um, uh, this this patterning. Um, the other thing is that I thought that you know, so we've talked about how uh, skilled Shaheen is as a director, mm. you know, his compositions, his use of mirrors, off-screen space, the circian way that he breaks up the frame. You know, and actually I saw all of that again, you know, uh, in this. Uh, and I think there was an explicit reference through the music to an American in Paris. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so when he's in, he's, he's looking out um, over the Manhattan skyline and, and, it, it, and it was Gershwin playing on the, yes. on the soundtrack. Uh, so, um, you know, I thought that was, so all of that was interesting, but I thought this time I was even more overt was the use of surrealist and expressionist devices. Yeah, mm. you know, the way that you see, you know, this this children's slide all of a sudden becomes a vein. <laughs> I mean, that's right, because that whole, the whole courtroom scene, it's very sort of, uh, it's all kind of quite sci-fi. I mean, it, it looks like a, you know, sort of set from a 19... 70s sci-fi tv show really but but you think you, you you knowing what you know about him you know that's deliberate that this is not mm. this is not because he doesn't know how to make a convincing courtroom set it's because he doesn't want to make a convincing courtroom set um yes. similarly there's a, there there is a scene 
quite late in the film, and I can't remember where it's supposed. It, it might be. I think he's driving. He's he's in a car being driven through London or New York or something at night time, and it's and it's just really obvious back projection. Yes. But I think it just struck me as being deliberately stylized that way. You know, he was deliberately filming that in 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 the style of a nineteen fifties. I mean, film, I think I there's think. no. I think there's no um, doubt in my mind, you know, that many of those things are deliberate. So, for example, you know, the, the, the near the ending where the, his childish self ends up, you know, in that hospital container with a mm. syringe and he's trying to climb out of it. Yeah. I mean, you know, that is uh, kind of, you know, deliberate and kind of expressionist, you know, and slightly surreal, actually. Mm. Um but I think there are other things where you do get very much a simple lack of means. Mm. You know, I think the whole set of the courtroom scene could have been more polished if they'd had more money. Right? Mm. I was I was thinking because I saw Jade. Uh, no, I saw To Live and Die in L.A. recently. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I'm doing a series of concurrent podcasts on um, Friedkin, on William Friedkin. And you look at the end credits of To Live and Die in L.A. And, my God, you know, so one of the things we've been damning Shaheen for is the way that he films action. And yet when you see all the numbers of stuntmen, choreographers, mm. you know, etc., that, like, freaking had to film yeah, his fight yeah. scenes or his yeah, yeah. chase scenes or, you know. I mean, of course they don't have the means to do any of that, yeah? So you have this contradiction where you see hundreds of extras because they're cheap right yeah. and the opening sequence right even the crew is enormous why because it's cheap right like manpower is the least mm. expense you know but things that you have to buy in the west equipment camera the yeah processing development but you have to pay like international money for as opposed to yeah. Egyptian money yeah then yeah uh you can see the lack of means yeah in, yeah in the film um, though I don't mind it at all, I thought it was wonderful. Mm. Yeah, no, it's a great film. Great, it's great, it's a great film, but not a good one to start with. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel I've kind of um, talked a lot more uh, than you. Is there anything kind of that you want to uh, uh, add or finish? With? I, yeah, well, I, mean, I thought I thought it was fascinating. I thought the usage of the films was fascinating. I mean, the, the Saladin scene was was great because it, it's where he. He's he's just in the editing room for Saladin, and then he gets the call that his father's died, and rushes out. And it sort of shows how these films were happening as his life was was continuing. Um, it it was, I mean, I think we've had we've had an experience watching this film that few other people will have, in that we've watched Jamila and the Sparrow, <laughs> um, and uh, I'm yeah, really glad that we did that because I I, I think that that lent a sort of it's a meaning to those scenes and their place in his filmography. Um, but yeah, it was, it was fascinating. And, and, and I think just sort of, uh, you know, I, I really, I just really love that aspect of him looking back on his career and the kind of uh, minor petty humiliations he's suffered at the, at the hands of various film festivals and, yes. and producers. And I mean, it could, it could almost be like a comedy of, of, of just this, well, this actually, some... guy. Um, you know, <laughs> some elements really remind me of Woody Allen. Yeah, well, you know, Stardust Memories, I guess, was because I mean, there's that scene where the where he meets um, uh, a young boy in a doctor's office, and the, the the boy goes, "Oh, I saw I, I saw you in Cairo Station," and, and um, that 
but you're right there is a Woody Allen element, element and, and, th and things like Stardust Memories where it's kind of um, you know looking back through his career and uh, preferred your I, earlier I, funny films and that kind of thing I thought of Stardust Memories but I also thought of things like Radio Days mm. yeah the type mm. of humor within the family you know and that kind of complex yeah uh, arguing and funniness and humor and kind of a kind of both a kindness and an acceptance of life's cruelty mm. that you see in something like radio days yeah that's very much part of the family's interaction yeah, yeah. in this film yeah yeah so i saw i saw similarity with that i also saw the influence of this film in um Amodovar's talk to her mm. have you seen talk to her yeah yeah yeah, Sometimes all the go, scenes yeah. with the incredible shrinking lover, yeah, mm. where the guy begins to shrink and, yeah, he's kind of climbing up things. I mean, there was a lot, yeah, when the little yeah, boy comes yeah. out of the vein, yeah, there's a, uh, that was um, an element uh, as well. And I thought it an interesting paradox because, you know, so he rejects, he gives up on Hollywood in the West. That's one of the themes of this film, you know, and... He resigns himself, or resigns, or not resigns, resigns is the wrong word. He decides to make a project of making Arab cinema, but not only in Egypt, of making a pan-Arabian cinema, mm. yeah? just like Nasser's idea. Of like Saladin. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, you know, which is, you know, it, it's pan-Arabian, and which, in which kind of freedom is the key, and so on. And yet, you know, and you have the ending where he reconciles himself to his younger self. Mm. And yet you also see a contradiction in the film which expresses, you know, this critique of patriarchy, the, these aspects of, you know, homosexual desire that nonetheless must only remain aspects because they're still unsayable, you know, within mm. that culture. So I think... You know, the film is full of kind of interesting contradictions on that level as well. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting that he actually um, sort of explicit in, in Alexandria Y, he did it. There the was the explicitly gay relationship, but that that but that, that relationship didn't involve the Shaheen character. Yes. Um, yes. And, and, and it's almost like the Shaheen character was not was tangential to that plot, so it kind of had plausible yes. plausible deniability, let's deniability. call it that. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's kind of interesting that he can say that about some other characters, but he won't yes. actually say it about himself. Although, as you say, that scene with the with the taxi driver, you, it, it's pretty obvious where that's going. The, the other thing I found interesting is all the... There's, there's quite a few... Um, British or American or Australian or whatever they are characters in, in this film. It's only a few British characters with British accents. And there's only, on IMDb listings, this isn't very good, but it, there's only one person who looks like it, who has a British or Western name um, listed. So I, I, I just want, I, I mean, I assume the others were Egyptian actors, but dubbed. Um, mm. it, it would be, yeah, it would be interesting to know who those, who those people are because they, they, there certainly were a number of. Yeah, a number of unidentified Western voices in that in, in that mm -hmm. film. Um, I don't want to make too much out of um, Wikipedia's continuing errors. <laughs> no, please do. <laughs> and making a film about the Battle of Algiers, 1956-57, perhaps alluding to the 1966 yeah, movie, so, in The Battle of Algiers. I mean, how so can it allude... 
Well, <laughs> no, because ba- this per- the person writing this article doesn't realise that 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 Shaheen actually did make a film about Algiers, about the Battle of Algiers in 1957. Yeah, ten years before the film Battle of Algiers. So it's not alluding so they, to, to the Battle well, of Algiers. They, it's alluding to Jamila. <laughs> yeah. So the, yeah. So this Wikipedia article is written by somebody who isn't aware that the film Jamila is actually a real film. Yes. And there was that whole <laughs> sequence where he arrives at the premiere of Jamila with the famous Magda and all, all yes. that kind of stuff. I mean, it's yeah. very explicitly it is it is that film. So yeah. So, so yeah. Clearly, the person writing the Wikipedia article hasn't seen those films and, and didn't follow the chronology so was under the impression that those scenes were taking place in the late 60s after the film the battle of algiers yes rather than in the but so late this 50s. is an, i suppose you know and not I, I know these are all done for free and you know not to attack someone who's donating their time oh to, yeah, yeah to increasing all of our knowledge but nonetheless it is a measure of a kind of a prejudice or a or a structural racism, or a demonstration of the inequalities between richer countries and poorer countries, that, you know, the most celebrated Egyptian filmmaker mm-hmm. and one of the most celebrated directors in the whole history of African cinema mm-hmm. is known so little that you can get away with having basic plot descriptions of his films incorrect on Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to know, I mean, we could, if we were interested enough, we could go and and see when when that was edited because it yeah um, who knows when that was put in it may have been put in by someone who just watched it on netflix and isn't aware of the i mean i wouldn't read too much into it but it but it is it is unfortunate that that's such a you know it, i'm trying to i'm trying to think of the uh you know it'd be like you know a school cc is shown directing a film about boxing, perhaps influenced by the later film Rocky, you know. Yes, like exactly. Yeah. <laughs> sort of that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, so, um, I think I've covered all the, um, you know, all, all the uh, elements that I wanted uh, to uh, say or to bring I, up. I think so. I mean, I mean all, all I would add is the the... the the other scene that I absolutely loved and did, did make me laugh was that he's just talking to this French guy with long, crazy hair. Oh, and, yes. And then it's like, oh, hello, Henri Lacroix. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of can. But then obviously that's who he then donated the... Jean Lanil. Jean Lanil was... So clearly having having him present in the film was, as a character was a, was a nod to that, Actually, it's that relationship that, they clearly had. It's as a result of that scene that we've been able to see the director's cut of Andrew Lanier because that exactly. he said, send me a copy so I can uh, screen it in Paris. That's, yes, yeah. So that's, And that must be that film, yeah, that, you're exactly. right. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah that's, that was really nice. Um, and because it's interesting that the one, in terms of like major trauma in his career, that is a gap in this film, that he doesn't talk about Unsure Yeah. at all. Um, well, occupied. He talks a little bit about it actually. I mean, there's that whole thing about Moscow. There's him going to some concert and saying, you know, what hasn't been represented in cinema is, you know, the Nubian aspect of Egyptian culture. That's that's yeah. true. That's so, true. Yeah. And I think that's a direct reference then to the making of. Yeah, Unsure but but, that, but but the whole protracted. Um, process of you know making given that this is a film all about the tribulations of a filmmaker the fact that he had to make a film essentially twice 
um, as a result of political interference, is, 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 is left out. And it perhaps shows either that that was still such an open wound for him at the time, or because it would only have been like, what would it be, 10 years earlier, something like that? Yeah. Um, either it was a big open wound or it was still politically too hot, too hot a potato for him to, to talk yeah, about. To talk about. I think um, the latter probably, and, actually. And also, also, perhaps, he wouldn't have been able to get access to any of the footage from the film to use in this film because officially at that point the director's cut wasn't supposed to exist. Hmm. He, uh, yeah, only him and Henry Armie Langlois presumably knew no, that, that it existed. Yeah. Uh-huh. No one else did. So he couldn't... He, so, but, but yeah, that, that's an interesting uh, lacuna, let's say, in <laughs> the centre of the film. <laughs> all right, wonderful. Um, so let's end it here. Um, thank you all very much for listening. We are uh, uh, the Youssef uh, Shaheen podcast. Uh, I'm Jose. I'm Richard. Uh, and uh, we will return uh, in the next episode with the third film in this trilogy, which is uh, no longer a trilogy, which is actually four films. But the next one is Alexandria Now and Forever. And the later addition to it, the fourth one is called Alexandria, New York or something like that? Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. So thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.